This is BoxCast, a conversation about current events, culture, and e-commerce logistics from Pitney Bowes. Okay, so this is part two of a two-part episode where Susan, Cody, and I share our recent mystery shopping adventures. It's part of our amazing box score program, where we benchmark real order experiences across thousands of online brands. If you haven't heard part one, put down that protein shake right now. Go check it out. We will be right here. In this part, part two, we're going to pick up where we left off, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the 2021 holiday shopping season. And we're going to finally unbox Sue's salt and pepper shakers, Cody's vegan shampoo, I think, and talk about everybody's favorite type of friction, returns friction. So let's let's talk a little bit about on-time delivery. This past holiday season, it's been a few months, but it was very different, I would say, than holiday 2020. I think everybody knows that from what was called Shipageddon in 2020 to a different set of problems in 2021, which was inventory shortages because of supply chain disruption. Sue, from your perspective, any compare contrast that you'd have over experiences on on on-time delivery this past holiday? Yeah, absolutely. So 2020, you just knew you were going to celebrate the holidays all year. And we just went with that. And it was great. And when the packages showed up, they showed up. Everybody was just chaotic. And it was too much for everybody to handle. 2021, we've smoothed things out. I started ordering probably a couple weeks earlier than the normal holidays that I would, but nothing excessive. There's still the same time frame. Everything almost, that's a 99% of my shopping came through online. And one of the things I was pleased to see was, along with what Cody said, a lot of communication about COVID expectations and deadlines, but also a lot of overestimating delivery dates. So in my mind, it actually showed up before I was expecting it, even though they were just kind of padding the time a little bit so that they could build in what may be needed if the network did get clogged again. So that was very interesting to see. It's, again, making sure that you're not over-promising and under-delivering. In fact, you're doing the opposite. And it was just really good communication. I did receive some emails from a few a few retailers that they knew it wasn't going to get there on time. And I was, I was reassured about that. Again, it's never going to kill the holiday spirit. It gets there when it gets there. But it was nice to have those communication pieces. And then I even had some retailers, and it was very surprising. There's certain things that couldn't be shipped because they didn't have it. Again, a supply chain, like you said. So going on their online sites and trying to order specific items that my family prefers, and they're just like, it's not available. It won't be available in February. And I just had to decide, am I... Am I comfortable waiting to February? Do I want to go somewhere else and try to find this product? So as long as you're willing to be a little bit flexible and kind of roll with it, it did work out. I know that if you were dead set on one thing, there were still some stop gaps and some some bottlenecks that were probably going to make things a little impossible. But overall, I think the world in general has a pretty good attitude about shipping right now and, and smoothing out. So that coupled with the communication and the time padding that the that the retailers are putting on was very helpful. Awesome. That's a great point. I'll plug an aspect of on-time delivery that is more of a consideration now when that last mile delivery time frames have kind of improved over 2020 for sure. We found out that we asked we asked consumers on a box ball survey 
What do you think of early delivery, right? A merchant estimates, let's say it gets del- it's going to get delivered on Thursday and the package shows up on a Tuesday. What do you think about that? Is that convenient, inconvenient? And what we found was a significant number, I believe it's like more than a third of consumers said that early delivery was, no, in fact, it was, it was two thirds of consumers found early delivery was inconvenient to them. I think a lot of it is driven by some of the factors you mentioned earlier, Sue, which is we're all busy. We've got a lot going on now. A lot of folks still working from home, which means you're juggling home life and work at the same time, kind of frazzled. You don't know also you may be going back to in-person some of the time, but not all the time. Hybrid work, might be doing site visits with clients. It's hectic. Your schedule is changing. So not knowing with certainty that a package is going to be sitting on your porch creates a level of, I think, stress for consumers. And early delivery can be a source of stress, whereas before the pandemic, it was like, it's a nice surprise. But now it's sort of one more thing to worry about that you got something sitting out that you didn't expect because you weren't home that day, which is pretty surprising. And looking at our our box score stats, we found that almost 20% of deliveries in the fashion segment arrived early, earlier than promised, which again, used to be a great thing for two thirds of consumers. It's actually inconvenient. It's pretty, pretty surprising. Cody, any, any thoughts on on-time delivery and what you've seen over the last uh, year or two? Yeah, I, I do. First of all, in the spirit of getting things delivered, I also just had a package delivered. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So next section, we're just going to all open our packages at the same time. That's that's great. You'll all be disappointed. I got uh, vitamins and shampoo. So <laughs> the, the surprise is gone, man. The surprise is oh, gone. Sorry. You, you could have you could have held it back. Uh, you'd be like, "Wow, shampoo! This is awesome!" But no, now now we're just gonna be. No, that's cool. I, it's the most disappointing surprise of all time. I'm glad I ruined it now. Oh, and going back, by the way, I think that the probably the difference if we could get a little chart on the box pull data overlapping what percentage of these demographics have a video doorbell cuz i cuz i have one and i just got it a couple couple months ago so i don't really subscribe as much to delivery notifications anymore cuz i get them when stuff shows up i just a just a little tidbit maybe maybe gen z doesn't have video doorbells we'll have to we'll have to pull that one many of gen z don't also don't have like porches to get delivered to uh, it's what we found is something like 36% of consumers definitely over, over a third live somewhere where home delivery and even home pickup for returns is not accessible because there isn't a doorstep where they, the, the packages can get delivered. There may not be a staffed mailroom where a package can be safely left for the consumer. And so it's a challenge and that's a higher, there's a higher proportion among Gen Z because there are you know, more apartment dwellers among Gen Z. So that, that uncertainty about when it's going to come is, is kind of a problem as well. Exactly. So as far as on-time delivery goes, especially during during peak, again, going back to what I said earlier, I, I think consumer expectations definitely shifted and then buying behavior shifted. I, I'm pretty sure we've got a box pull article about that. I found for myself, I started Christmas shopping in September for gifts that I was pretty sure weren't going to get returned. Those ones I bought, I bought really early. So that my own buying behavior changed. And also I, was, I scrutinized return policies really closely, knowing this is going to be gifted on the 27th because we, you know, two Christmases with in-laws and all that stuff. So, so this one's going to be opened on the 
the 27th. So I got to, I have to give them some time to return it as well. So scrutinizing the return policies and seeing that the, at least for the retailers that I, that I enjoyed shopping from had a pretty generous return policies in terms of timing, 90 days or, or more. I'm seeing even more often up to a year, year long return policies, which is, which is crazy. Or at least I would have thought that a couple of years ago, but now it, make, it actually makes sense. That's cool. That is, that is a great observation. As a funny story, my, my kids who are almost teenagers now, they got, um, we got them phones for Christmas. Not, not fancy phones, but uh, phones that better than their really old used handsets that they had before. And we're doing a trade in, right? Cause you can, you know, you can, you can trade in your old one and you get, you know, some amount of money off the new, the new phone for both of them. And so the dance that we had to do or I had to do was there's a window where you can send in your old phone, which is like 14 days, but you don't want the new phone showing up too early because you have to take it out of the, the box to activate it, right? So like, you can't have it as a surprise under the tree if you've already taken it out of the box and removed all the wrapping and that cool, like, you know, pulling the, the sticker off the screen. You don't get any of that because you've already activated the, the phone. Anyway, so I had to time it so that the trade-in didn't expire, which the clock starts ticking as soon as you get the package before Christmas. But at the same time, so I had to order the the thing to arrive at exactly the right time, but I couldn't order it too late because potential shipping delays, maybe the inventory would be out, out of stock. So you can't wait too long. So it was like the most nerve wracking Christmas ever over this you know stupid phones or whatever, right? But having to dance between the trade-in window, and then when to order, and then when to send the trade-in back has been possibly the most stressful thing uh, during a December I have ever experienced. That's sad. That's sad, right? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't blame you uh, at all. Speaking of timing, I had a wedding that I had to order pants for, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure if I could go to the wedding because it coincided with the birth of my third kid, my son. And so I had to buy it far enough in advance that I could get it hemmed if I needed to, but also not too far that I couldn't return it if I couldn't make the wedding because I just uh, just had a kid. Again, I, I think consumers are, are playing this game pretty consistently. So generous return policies, we need more of those. I 14 days, 10 days, even 30 days now is, is far too short. For sure. But I mean, yours obviously takes a cake. I mean, a kid being born versus a phone. I mean, you've, you've put my story to shame. <laughs> I wasn't trying to one-up you, but, That's but, all good. but I did. So. <laughs> <It's> all, good. <laughs> all right. Okay. So the, the big moment, Sue, hopefully you haven't torn into your, your salt and pepper shakers, even though now we all know what, what's inside the box. Cody, your shampoo, I'm sure is fine. But what we're going we're gonna to do is open up this box and kind of talk about unboxing experiences while we're, while we're doing this. I mentioned I've got a delivery from The Perfect Gene, which is a, a cool startup out of New York City. They've sent this... It's, it's in a poly bag. I don't know if you guys can hear this. And the, one of the things that drive me crazy about poly bags, and I know my family as, as well, is if the poly bag doesn't have a perforated opening. So you got to pull out the scissors, right? But once you pull out the scissors, you could be digging into actual product when you stick the scissors into the poly bag, right? You don't know because it's, you know, it's, 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 it could be right up against the edge, have no idea. And then once you... Once you do open it and then you've realized you've cut on the other side of the double-sided tape where you can use the poly bag as returns, but not anymore because you've cut that portion open. That is like the worst, worst poly bag experience ever. So I would say the very first thing, 
in addition to a branded bag, which is very much appreciated for for just just the experience of having the brand story continue into the unboxing experience. Branded poly bag is rarer than one might think. Perforated opening with the tape inside so that you can remember to use the same bag for returns. Awesome, awesome. So I am opening this right now. While I'm opening this, uh, Sue, tell us about your salt and pepper shaker. Okay, it very specifically is a salt and pepper shaker, like the 90s. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, okay. <laughs> Which is why it's hilarious to me. But it came in some very economical shipping, so it's in a very nice comprised box. Make sure it doesn't break. One of the things I can't stand when packages are sent is to have this gigantic box and all this void filler for a very small item. So I was very pleased to see it came in a compact package. Nothing exceptional about the dressing, nothing branded. That's a little disappointing. And aside from the fact that it's terribly kitschy, it was not shipped in anything that would be exciting to open. I just knew it was going to be fun to have. So you're right about that. The brand experience, continuing that story, having fun with the packaging is always appreciated. I do prefer if they can limit the amount of packaging that comes with it, just because there's so much waste. That is a great call. One of our clients, a a very hot footwear brand, won't name names here, but uh, they make women's flats out of recycled plastic bottles. I think there's only one of those, so look it up. But they have made it a point to make sure that there is not one shred of excess material inside. It's only what you need to ship the box and not have the the shoes move around in the package, which is, I think, appreciated not just for the sustainability, but just for the fact that you're not having to tear into a bunch of a bunch of junk while you're we're trying to get to the product that you just ordered. And taking it out to recycling if your community recycles. Just to say on that, that point, I had a really amazing experience. It's probably one of the best poly bag experiences I've ever had with sustainability. And it came from a swimwear company out of Florida. They're huge. They target 20, 30-year-olds. It was fun. The bag itself was branded beautifully, but there were instructions inside on recyclable paper that actually spelled out because they knew that people were going to be bracketing their purchases, buying multiple sizes to see what fit. The returns were going to happen. They spelled out how to recycle the bag, turn it inside out, how to use it for a return, and how to make sure that that same bag got used in the return in a safe way so that there was no waste. That That's fantastic. That is, that is really smart. Absolutely. Cody, how about you? Unboxing experience for your super boring shampoo. And what, was, <laughs> what else was it? vitamins. But I actually, I happen to have a different box that's near me that is a surprise. So this I have, it's a, it's vegan popcorn oil and it's 30 ounces and it's come in a box that's a little bit too big for it. So it's got some packaging in it and a packing slip. So I'm, I'm really excited to try this, but would love some instructions because I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to get this right the first so time. I guess the first question I have is, is regular popcorn oil not vegan? You know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I it was just like <laughs> canola oil or vegetable oil with a crap load of flavoring. Cody just got ripped off and he's feeling very good about it. BJ, don't change that. <laughs> but I mean, was it a beautiful unboxing experience? That's what that's what's important, right? Because you are, you know, the, yeah, the box unboxing experience, it's similar to, to Zoo. Aside from the actual product, which I'm very excited about, the box itself, not particularly interesting. And, and I'd love a little, a little cheat sheet of, of how to make this. Or even maybe one thing that I've seen companies do really well, an uh, example, I bought one of those um, kind of dad hats and it has a dinosaur on it. My son loves it when I wear it. And they had a, what 
looked like inserted into the package a, a small piece of paper that looked like it was a post on Instagram, somebody else wearing the hat, and it said, use this hashtag to get 20% off when you share this on Instagram or social media. I love brands that engage with their, you know, with their customers, again, as part of the post-purchase experience, and encourage them to share it on social media and incentivize them to do so. I, I'd love to see a little bit more of that as in the unboxing as well. Absolutely. That is really cool. There's one purchase I made that was back in the uh, the olden days when people wore face masks, because that's not like a thing anymore these days, right? Because we're, You're we're just guaranteed this podcast is going to be irrelevant. And like, <laughs> <that's somewhere. laughs> right. I take that back. These days, <laughs> or maybe not these days, when, when face masks were, were kind of on the outs, I ordered a, a face mask online from a company that, that had a small startup that you know, Shopify shop, really small merchant, and they delivered the the package with a note card that was personalized inside and the note card and the material for the uh, for the mask was made out of like um, uh, bamboo fiber right so it was very sustainably made and the note card itself you could plant and it would grow like sunflowers I did not plant it but I have it over here for one day when I need sunflowers I have a card a personalized card with my name on it that, that I'm going to plant with sunflowers. So it's like touches like that, right? That's what kind of sticks with you in your in your memory. On the other side, you mentioned kind of the Instagram 20% off thing. I recently ordered something from a sports merchandise brand, pretty large sports merchandise brand. And I don't know if you guys have seen this where they insert promos for other companies' products in the package. And so I ordered like, I don't know, a t-shirt and a cap or something. And with it, came with like, I don't know, 10% off of the wine of the month club, which like if you're ordering sports apparel, it's not a given that you drink wine. Those two don't always go together unless you're sitting in a luxury box. So I'm not sure what the relevance for that was, but I thought it was kind of a jarring branded experience because it's a completely different segment than most most uh, sports watchers who are guzzling uh, Bud Light straight out of the can. That just speaks to kind of to the human experience. You're really only going to remember the the best unboxings and the weirdest or or worst. <laughs> so there's not much in between. Every, everything else feels just about the same. And at this point, everybody's bought so many things online. We've got a pretty good idea of what a normal unboxing unboxing looks like. But if you can catch my attention with one time I saw branded branded packaging and then branded packaging tape, and I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that brand name. I'm gonna remember. Every Everything about it, even though I ended up returning it. That's cool. Although, hopefully, you uh, you bought from that company again, right? <laughs> I pl- I plan to. I plan to. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is returns on this package. I just opened. I took copious pictures of so that we can use in our box score shopping benchmarks. They have like pretty good, pretty simple instructions on how to return this thing. They say, uh, we hope your perfect gene is literally perfect. Uh, If it's not, or if you need to exchange sizes, colors, or cuts, just go to the returns link here to set up an exchange exchange or a return. An exchange is kind of a rare thing. Totally free and simple. We provide the label. So they've spelled out kind of how the returns process is going to work. And then get this, pack your return in the reusable mailer, the poly bag, and ship it with the label we provide you. If possible, include the poly bag inside so we can be even more eco-friendly. Uh, just email us if you have any questions and we'll help you out. So I thought that was that was pretty good. They, they gave, gave kind of clear instructions on returns. 
Sue, what have you seen from a, a return standpoint? What are some of the, the things that stick in your mind as, as conveniences? Well, I need to order perfect jeans now because that's pretty remarkable. I love that. It's definitely, if, it, if it's complicated to return, I am instantly irritated. And there's always the go-to stores, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I'm busy woman. I run a household of five. Don't make this a production for me. So if I need to return something, can I use the bag? Is it a portal with only a couple clicks? Do I have to go into store? If I do, it's going to sit in my car for a year. So that probably never happened. And I may never buy from you again. Just make it as easy as possible for me. If you can produce the label, great. I do find it a little off-putting if I have to pay for the label, especially since for a lot of the items I'm getting, they're, you know, they're good mid-market, higher quality items. So I'm not spending $10 on a shirt. I'm spending 60 or 70. I'm spending 60 or 70. You can, you can float a label. So it's that experience. And then just how quickly that's able to be processed and refunded. Because I don't usually do exchanges online. I'll just pick something different. But just make it as easy as possible. And it's to your point earlier that when you make that purchase in the cart, that is not when the shopping experience is done. It's done when I'm enjoying the product. And if I have to return it and I'm not having fun, I'm not going to come back for more. That's a great point. That is a fantastic point. I think what's what's interesting in terms of returns convenience, we found, again, from our consumer survey and box poll, 60% of consumers either don't have a printer, which is about 28%, don't have a printer, or the rest of the 60% don't want to use their printer to print a shipping label. And so we've we actually rolled out a QR code-based returns option recently, uh, it's about a year, year and a bit ago. I was talking to one of our customers yesterday who rolled it out just before peak last year, and they've already got 30% of their returns coming in through this QR code process, which is Fantastic, right? Because that's catering to the convenience for those folks who don't have a printer or just don't want to use their printer. Just take it to the local post office and they'll print the label for you. And then even in the returns flow, we'll tell you where your local closest post office is. The other thing I thought was was really fascinating is that I read a review of, this is not what I usually do, by the way. Like I don't read reviews. I read it in the Wall Street Journal. I don't read printer reviews, like reviews of like uh, different printers. I'm not in the market for a printer. I have a printer. I've had the same printer for probably like five years. I keep buying ink for it. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not buying a new printer. But I, for some reason, it caught my eye. I'm not sure why, but I read this article in the Wall Street Journal reviewing top home printers. This was close to the beginning of the pandemic when everybody's working from home. So they were talking about what are the best work from home printers because you don't, you're not going to the office. You can't print anything out. And the main use case that they used for rating the printer was how well it did in printing return shipping labels, which I thought was insane, right? But also kind of true. I don't use this printer that I have for anything but return shipping labels. It is It has a scanner, it has a copier, it has a photo printer. I use it to print return shipping labels. How about you, Cody? Yeah, mine is pretty similar, except for the occasional coloring page for my son. Again, dinosaurs, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think you know when it comes to when it comes to returns, having to print out a label is is not ideal. Have printerless returns, or at least the flexibility, letting letting the customer choose between a, two or three options in in a returns portal is is the ideal outcome. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, we had a, a Boxful article where it compared was it pain for the shipping label to it was like a lion. Eating your eating your leg or something. Yeah, this totally scientific scale that we came up with. It was it was like a mosquito bite. I think it was 
maybe like a shot or something. And then the, the most extreme was a lion chewing off your leg. That was it. And I think it was associated with having to pay for shipping, which... 40%, 40% of consumers said that paying for return shipping was like a lion biting off your appendage with its teeth and chewing it up, eating it. So we need to brainstorm, what's the next level of that? Because I, I do have a next level, and that's when the, and this is a real experience, I purchased something, I had to, re- had to return it, and they required me to f- pay for the shipping label up front, so they didn't deduct, deduct it from the refund, and they made me go log into PayPal in order to pay for the shipping label. What, what could that possibly be? <laughs> last time I shop at a store. That's what that would be. That's a Sharknado. That would never happen again. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Every possible form of friction they could think of being thrown. Out there. <laughs> they might as well have me just drive it back to them, and I will. But you might, they might as well have asked you to uh, return it and issued your your refund in Bitcoin. Exactly. Find a user who's the right size. It's not a problem. Yeah, I can't think of a more inconvenient way to return something or initiate a return. That takes the cake. I, I never would have come up with that. That is on the my fastest own. way to guarantee something gets donated to Goodwill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're kind of at the end of this this conversation, which has been phenomenal, guys. Thank you so much. We're going to do this again. Maybe next time we will literally walk out onto the porch with Sue and talk to the delivery guy that delivers the salt and pepper shakers. Um, <laughs> that will fantastic. be phenomenal. And Jay would love to say hi. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. If If you want more information about the data that we've shared here, BoxPoll is on our website, pb.com forward slash box poll. To learn about box score, come talk to us. Come talk to Cody. Come talk to Sue. They can walk you through the box score shop that we very likely have probably done for your brand and how you stack up against the, uh, your competitive set. And what we can recommend you can do for, for improving some of those order experiences. Don't call them post-purchase. Order experiences in the future. So thanks for listening and a lot more to come soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.